Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Lisa Stryker, who offers coaching services for empathetic achievers and people who are driven and have a tendency to overthink things, doubt themselves, and overwork so they can trust themselves and channel their confidence and their decisiveness. Beautiful. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Oh, so, so welcome. So can you expand a bit more on that and tell everyone, you know, where are you with your business today and who is it that you'd love to work with? Well, where I am with my business today is about a year and a half in from leaving full-time work. I had a two and a half decade career in communications, but I felt really driven to help Mm. people develop themselves. And here I am now. And the people that I try to, that I want to help are people who are me 10 years ago, overthinking everything, stuck in analysis paralysis, worried about what everybody's thinking and not doing what they really want to do. They're just Mm -hmm. thinking about what everyone, what they think everyone else thinks they should do and not taking action on their dreams and also missing out on their everyday life because they're stuck in their heads. I just can't go on without making sure that everyone who wants to help themselves knows that it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, there's that kind of untapped potential. There's mm-hmm. so much good in the world that people can can do or they can experience for themselves, but it can be so easy to feel trapped or have the the justifications as to to why. So when when your when your clients come to you, where where are they? What stage are they in? Most of them are really high achievers and they have gotten themselves into positions where they feel like a fraud. They're worried Mm. that they're going to be found out. They're scurrying around trying to please everyone, not sharing their best ideas, laying in bed at night, worrying about what their boss is thinking or what if their team is underperforming and basically not really living their lives. They're living everything out in their heads. Mm. So what do they want instead? Is it, do they come to you with, but I know what I want. I know the plan, but I just can't do it. Or is it a case of I'm in this, this environment and don't actually know what's, what's possible, what I want, where are they? It is a mix, but I will say what's interesting is the pattern I've seen is that they have gotten themselves into a position where they think it's their dream job, but yet they feel out of their element. They're, they're mm-hmm. able to work themselves into that reputation of getting a leadership role, having the ability to manage a team or lead a project or even be in the C-suite and 
they're doubting themselves all the time. So they're very high achievers. They're very capable people. They just don't realize how capable they are. And Ooh, so when they come to me, yeah. point there, I think that's yeah. huge. It's like yeah. when you level up, whether it's in a business, whether it's yourself, Mm-hmm. Um, or even a skill, a hobby. When you get to that point at the top, it's like the 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 air is thinner up here. You're not kind of used to it, and mm-hmm. that self doubt, that worry that I mean, we see this all the time. People can't see their gift, how good they are. It can be so tough. Um, so that I think that point, I think it's beautiful to raise because every time we level up, every time we get to that point. There is that element of who are we? And you know what? I want to rate you know, elephant in the room. Yeah, who are you? Let's not try and sweep it away. It's you've never got to this point before. It's okay to feel this way. You, exactly. This isn't you. Let's celebrate that. That is exactly my message. Like nothing's gone wrong here. This is just what our human brains do to us. They tell us that we're not ready, that we can't do it. We're not qualified. And then add on a lot of conditioning. I mainly work with women. People who identify as female in this society tend to be sent a lot of messages about don't make a big fuss, don't talk too loudly, don't be too assertive, make sure everybody's happy. And that can only get you to a certain point. And then you hit a wall. Then you're in a position where in order to keep everyone happy, you are working way too much in your mind and in your life. Is that like societal codependency and people pleasing the you know, especially with women with you know, family and business, there's that expectation to wear even more hats. There's a lot to juggle. There's a lot to balance. Yeah, for sure. And we get this, we get ourselves into this place where we think if we disappoint anyone, we're doing it wrong. Hmm. You know, that everyone's opinion matters the same. It's, we forget, we forget to prioritize. We forget to get back in touch with our values, what's most important to us. And without, it's like having no North Star, no GPS guidance. You're looking to everyone else for their opinions, their thoughts on what you should be doing. And Mm. I mean, just think about that for a second. How can you make decisions that way? Of course you can't make decisions. Yeah. Now at that point, we were chatting away offline for for a while before we jumped on. And we were talking about this this transition that you've made and Mm -hmm. your point there about other people taking, if you don't have your GPS, I know where you're going, you take advice and guidance and maybe inherit fears. Other people may have family, friends, colleagues, whatever, may be doing the right thing. It comes from a beautiful place of, are you sure about this? Are you sure you should leave? Because you've got a good pension here. I wouldn't do this because now you're you're trying to come from a good place, but actually it's not helping. So, what is that like with um, with your clients? Actually, you know, what about yourself? What was it like for you as you made this transition with all these yeah. the messages in the world? Well, when I first really heard the calling that this is what I need to be doing, I was terrified. I thought, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a risk taker. I can't figure this out. What, you know, I'm on the corporate track. I want to be a corporate executive. I want to retire with the golden parachute, right? Uh, So for a while, I just ignored it. I was was like, that's not for me. Once I couldn't ignore it anymore. I had to get coached. Honestly, I had to get a coach and help me figure myself out and get to that place where I was so steeped in my own value system 
in my own drive to live out my purpose that I could tune out the opinions of my mom who basically thought I was crazy. You know, I've, I'm fortunate to have a very supportive husband. Not everybody has that, but a lot of my friends, you know, are like giving me the side eye. Why would you leave your career now at your age? You know, I'm in my fifties. And so most people by now are set. They're going to stay the course. And that taught me a lot more about living in alignment with who you are, which I'm so grateful for because now I can help my clients with that too. So in that moment, for you, that enabled you to, to break free, what was it, was it one clear moment of this is, yeah, I'm going to do this. Or was it an accumulation? Because what was it like as you got to that point of, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this. Mm. Well, it was, there were several moments that seemed like clarifying moments for me. I think what really struck me is one of the coaches that I worked with was not a coddler, not a quiet, you know, I'm just, I'm not that person. I'm going to, I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you outside your comfort zone. That's just my style. I want to fight for your dreams. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I told myself that that made me not great material for a coach. Um, but I worked with a coach who was very much herself, full of love and compassion, but really gave it to you straight. And I thought, you know what? I feel like that is my sign that I can do this. And that was a pivotal moment. I walked into the living room and told my husband, I think I want to start my own business. And I did. So what, what did you want in that moment? Because you had the moment, you knew, okay, what did you actually want? And then part two question, what did you get? I wanted to feel the satisfaction of knowing that I was doing what I'm really meant to do. I, for a long time, I felt a little bit like a square peg in a round hole at corporate. I didn't always understand why I was doing what I was doing. I didn't feel like I was challenged to really show my full potential. Mm. And a lot of what I brought to the table didn't feel valued in a lot of ways. So I had been kind of looking around thinking, what else should I be doing? So what I was after was that feeling of meaningfulness and purpose, that, that rich satisfaction of really making a difference. That's what I was after. And that is what I got. <laughs> Isn't that fabulous? I look back on all the people I've helped just so far in this short path that I've been on. And it's incredible. It's just incredible. One of my clients who I just finished with just sent me pictures of her new baby. And she messaged me and said, thank you for all of the coaching and wisdom you have gifted with me, gifted me with. It's going to make me so much of a better parent. I mean, what's better than that? That ripple effect into every part of their lives. Yes. That's real. And the direct that the indirect affect... impact is huge. Yes. And imagine that it's not just her, that's her family now that's feeling it. She had the same client had told me, you know, my husband's noticing a difference in me. I'm so much more relaxed and fun to be around. I'm enjoying my work. I'm enjoying my downtime. It's just, I, I you just can't beat that. Love that. So with your with the business, so you're like, yeah, I'm doing this. You go all in. You you found your your kind of footing. 
So mm -hmm. is it as simple as I'm going to start a business and you get to just do the work? That's oh hell no, right? That's what that's how it should work. What's <laughs> what was it really like for you as you realized? Hold on, there's an awful lot more to this as a solopreneur to wear all the hats. You have to do the the accountants, the um, the marketing, and the sales, the fulfillments. There's all the organization that comes into it, which is that no one glorifies that, right? No one told us that. No, you hear people like Tim Ferriss in the four hour work week, you know, or escape cubicle nation. It's like, go be free. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been around long enough to know it couldn't possibly be that simple. But to your point, you know, I'm a great coach and I love to coach, but I can't coach people if they don't know about me. So for me, the biggest thing was marketing myself. And fortunately, I have the communications background, which helped a lot with that. But it's still hard to know where should you be? You want to spread, you have this temptation to spread yourself too thin. How much networking should I be doing? How much social media? Yeah. Just making those decisions and having faith in that. And the sales part. Sales is, that's a real challenge. So I actually joined a business mastermind and built a community to support me. It, it made all the difference in the world. Nice. So what what is it right now that you, that you enjoy doing because you're obviously having to do, do all these jobs being, have you found your, your sort of flow in, you know, sort of the marketing, the funnels, the sales, how, where to show up, how to show up, or are you still kind of working through thinking I'm, I'm still playing. I'm still trying to find the right thing for, for me and the audience that you're, you're trying to reach. Yeah. It's still a bit of experimentation. I think that anyone who's starting a business needs to recognize that you just have to take messy action and see what works and see. And you asked a great question. What do I enjoy? You know, I am programmed to work hard. I am not afraid of hard work, but there's a difference between hard work and effective work. So the challenge for me has been to stop and think like, what are you doing? Are you just cranking out social media posts for the sake of doing it? Or is there a strategy behind it? Is Are you reaching the people that you want to reach who want to work with you that you're going to connect with? So I enjoy a lot of it. And I really like uh, doing classes. I, I've done a lot of online classes and offered challenges and things like that. And mm -hmm. I love that interactive piece. So with that, one thing you said about the um, being thoughtful with the work that you do, uh, what, what do you find is the busy work that you find yourself? Maybe it's consciously like, oh, I need to do this because that means I don't have to do maybe the social media or do something else. What is it that you find yourself doing and then realize, yeah, I, I'm kind of avoiding something here, but but look, I'm so busy. <laughs> yes. Oh. oh, that question. So <laughs> <laughs> I can I find it very easy to justify procrastination when I'm building out like a content calendar or crafting social media graphics, you know, in Canva and perfecting them and making sure everything's centered and perfect. And when I catch myself, I've learned that when I catch myself doing that, I need to pay attention. Like what's really going on here? What are you not wanting to do? And in fact, because I'm in this amazing mastermind, I ask myself a lot, like, what are you trying to avoid right now? That's mm. probably the most important thing for you to be doing. So what, what moves the needle for you right now? Connecting with people on a human level. You know, there's, there's, I'm a good writer. I do get 
a, a lot of people resonate with my content, but there's one thing like getting likes is one thing, making an actual connection and, and having people realize that I'm a human with feelings and challenges of my own being vulnerable and being interested in them. Our ego, like this has been another surprise, how I am all about helping people, but becoming a business person, all of a sudden you're like, I need to get clients. I need to make money. I need to get, make this thing work. And it takes you out of your mission if you're not careful. Ooh, let's tap on that. Take okay. it out of your mission. So mm -hmm. I need to make, since the, your voice changed, I need to make sales. I need to do marketing. I need to charge people money to change their life. Oh my gosh, shame on me. There is a whole identity behind that which is on one hand we we get it because we, we just want to help people but we have to charge because we have a, a family and a, a roof to keep over our head and all this stuff and it's That's a business so there, there is this whole balance was it was it hard when you first started of you know taking whether it's you know, whether you call them sales calls discovery calls conversations whatever they are they're a way to connect so it sounds like you love connecting but when it went into the the sales parts did you find that that was that was a tough transition for you oh absolutely it's uh it was really hard when money is attached to the conversation it feels like everything changes mm. at least that's how it felt to me certainly in the beginning and it felt like an uncomfortable conversation where my mind wanted to tell me that it was selfish or wrong somehow to sell my services for money. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it sounds, it's totally irrational, right? But it was a big challenge. And sometimes it still is. I have to work on it all the time. Yeah. So with that, I mean, I want to sort of focus on that because I think from, from entrepreneurs, even to the CEO levels, there's still that level of whether it's money scarcity, whether there's some past programming, there are all these beliefs and stories that we have this. Mm -hmm. and slightly different that's a bit sneaky so all these sales that there's enough systems and ways to sell to find the right authentic way for you mm -hmm. we found that time and time again entrepreneurs are trying the wrong system here's what works do this and yes it works it may be right for you personally it may be right for your audience so there's enough strategies out there you need to find the um, as we say you need to find your best ass your authentic sales system. What's authentic for you, right? That's what it's all about. Yes. So to your point, money is attached to it and there's a challenge. Were you projecting? Was it the feedback you were getting from the people? Where was that energetic um, exchange? Mm. So was I projecting? I have to say yes, because I think we're, if we're not, aware of what's going on for us we're always projecting right it's like your own beliefs become part of the like another person in the room almost it's like oh there it is so i went into it not recognizing that my money mindset needed some work for sure mm. that feeling of scarcity like i have to make this work i have to prove myself i have to show everyone i can do this and putting so much pressure on it it's like yeah. standing on your baby you know and it doesn't work out so well. So I recognized that it wasn't working for me. And that's when I sought out some guidance. And where what's changed for me was this philosophy of selling is serving. 
I can't, it's part of me serving my clients to help them believe in themselves enough to know that this is going to bring so much value to their lives and to believe in me mm. and to get past that threshold. Like if, if I don't, if I don't believe in the value and I don't believe it's, it's a great decision for them, they're going to feel that too. And they're already nervous. You know, they're just learning who I am. They're not sure many, many of my clients have never gotten coached before. They're not really sure what it's like. And they ha- are still tentative about believing in themselves. So if I don't have that strong belief in my, in the value I bring and in them, I have no business asking them for money anyway. But here's the juggling act. You're going through your own stuff. You have your own experiences. You're you know, made the shift into being the entrepreneur with other people saying, why are you doing this? There's that kind of maybe that fear of, of, of failure that I need this to work and I need to provide. And then that, that need starts coming in. You need mm-hmm. the sale. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. And whilst, yeah, logically, you need the confidence. The illogical thing is to be able to let go and relax and invite the sale to actually enjoy the process, to fully understand, hey, if you buy this, it ain't going to change my life will change yours. Now, there is a zone of confidence. But to actually let go and be like, yeah, just do what you can do. Have a conversation. There's a different sort of twang to it. But it's the exact opposite of what our brain thinks we should be doing in this moment. Oh, my gosh. There's the contradiction. Absolutely. It, it is hard. It's a hard thing to learn. But listen, I can't have any credibility as a coach if I can't manage my own mind, right? So I took it on as a challenge. It, it became clear to me, this was my work. Mm. I need to work on my own abundance, you know, feelings of abundance, feelings of belief in possibility, focusing on them and what they need and how I can serve them. And, and honestly, doing the work to draw enough people that one person, you know, I can be detached from the outcome of that one consultation. I'm all in on, on helping them but I can't want it more than they do. Yeah, they can borrow your confidence. They can borrow so much from you, but that dedication, that commitment, that's the one thing they they have to match us. Absolutely. Right. And I've learned that the hard way. You know, there has been a few people where I felt like I maybe was doing too much convincing. And I guess I was good at it because they signed on, but it didn't, turn out to be the right thing for them. They weren't ready. They were not committed. And mm. I, it was a good learning for me to start to recognize that how it underscored how important it is to detach from that, to let release the reins, just be me. And if it's meant to be, it will happen. So do you find when you, when you do that, when you do let go a little bit, things just feel a bit, they feel a bit easier. And when they feel a bit easier, you're working better. You're helping getting better results. You're having better conversations, like magic things kind of work, right? Absolutely. It feels completely different. It's almost like a visceral thing. You can actually feel things just fitting together just the way they're supposed to. But that's where, like you said, woo, you know, there is some woo in this. It's a, it's, I've become much more spiritual as an entrepreneur because it calms me to know that I'm part of a bigger mission here. Like this is, Mm. I'm just a conduit 
I can't, my husband tells me all the time, you're so amazing. You're so intuitive. You're so this, you're so that. And And I tell him all the time, you know, I can't take credit for that. It was just given to me. I really believe that. Mm. I believe there's a sort of a a mixture too, because there is a certain level of protection of what you just said. I, I believe it's just given to me. What, what did the, the Greeks see, the deities, the, the inspiration, the gift is, is not us. It is a deity. It's a gift that's, that's, that's with us. So it isn't us that's intelligent or, or, you know, really doing well. It's that being. So it's not actually us. And there's something beautiful in that. However, take credit. Take some, some beautiful responsibility because that's kind of part of this as well. There can be both. There can, there's a place for ego because ego is good. And there's a place for responsibility and allowing is a, mm-hmm. again we're all, all this soup of these things as an entrepreneur oh my gosh it's so fun and terrifying <laughs> at the same so time fun to think about it right and i'm listening to you and i'm thinking you know he's right because allowing that those gifts to flow and doing the things that it takes to be able to offer my gifts to the world it takes a lot of courage yeah and guess what you, you're a year and a half in there's going to be more challenges. There'll be the next level challenge. You know, what, are, what are your goals? What's what's the horizon? You're like, oh my gosh, that's my next Everest. That's my next kryptonite. This is what I'm going towards. Mm. What's that for you? Oh, you want me to speak my dreams out loud now, Mark? Oh my gosh. Ooh, put it into the world, right? Let the universe hear it. Well, my next big thing will be to develop a group program so I can help more people. There's only so much of me to go around. I I'm doing one-on-one coaching now to really understand my personal value proposition Mm -hmm. and I'm getting clearer and clearer on that. So group coaching is in the future. And eventually I want to have a big enough organization where I'm training coaches to work in the style that I've developed. And someday I want my business to run without me if it has to. Beautiful. There are some big, beautiful dreams that I love it. Well, we wish you all the success. It's been so much fun. Oh my gosh, we could talk for hours on this. Well, Lisa, thank you I so much for being here, for sharing you know, your journey and behind the scenes of what it's like and just playing today. It's been fun. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast. You're welcome. Um, look, if people want to find out more about you and the amazing work that you do, where can they find you? The best thing to do right now is go to lisastriker.com and sign up for my newsletter. I send out a weekly newsletter and connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm there every day. Awesome. Well, everyone go and check that out. But Lisa, thanks again. This has been, it's been really cool. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is. And we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. See you next time. Bye.